0: So I'll just start with uh, introducing, like you know, what we are trying to do, and uh, so uh, this is, I think, the first in the series of podcasts um, uh, about a uh, podcast about the uh, subject called "Connected Dots." So how our human mind would, uh, you know, try how we try to connect dots and try to figure out, okay, what is the next thing? What what is the, you know, the new now always? So mm. uh, yeah. And I think uh, uh, yeah, then I am basically from Calcutta. My name is Bhaskar and uh, I have studied uh, as designer here in India, and then thereafter I've been working for uh, for about last 10 years as UX designer into various companies into different roles, like both full-time and as consulting. and then I've also been teaching since last three to four years. so yeah, so I have Nitish with me. Nitish, maybe you can introduce her.
1: Yeah, hey, hey, Baskar, it's good to be on this first, uh, episode of Connecting Dots. I know you and me have been talking about it for a while, so I'm just excited that we're finally recording, and so let's see how it goes, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah brief introduction. Well, I've been, uh, you know, working in the design profession for about now, I would say, about 16, 17 years, so it's, it's been a fair journey for me. Uh, and done all kinds of design, right from user interface design to strategic design, uh, user research. Uh, in fact, that's a, a my current focus is building up the capability to do really high quality user research and business research, uh, where we understand you know what value can be created for industrial customers. So that's my current focus uh, right now. In in the past year or two. But yeah, over the past uh, 16 years, I had the opportunity to work across different industries, different verticals like healthcare, aerospace, um, you know, industrial customers, industrial automation, home automation. Um, And I know we had kind of, uh, you know, that's how we had met Bhaskar, you kind of, you and me—you were doing your taking up your internship and yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. He, Nitish has been my mentor also. Like when I was yeah, just graduating out of my design.
1: So, yeah. yeah, that was a pretty exciting uh, project I think we were working on. And I think at that time I was uh, in the process of buying an apartment. And I think we found a, a very interesting kind of. Anyhow, yeah, maybe that's a different dialogue for a different uh, day. But yeah, that's a short introduction. And yeah, yeah my is I have a background in business and computer science, uh, and then, as I said, been practicing design for the past sixteen, seventeen years.
0: Okay. So you're based out of states, and
1: yeah, I'm based in I'm based in New York, and okay. yeah, it's interesting times that we're going through these days, and uh, you know, and um, yeah, it's a perfect opportunity actually for us to kind of pursue this and talk more about uh, our experiences.
0: Yeah, given the time, I think the topic itself is very relevant to the given context and time because, uh, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about learning experiences. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, so at, at, at this very, uh, situation that about the coronavirus, which has happened to the world, like, so everybody is, uh, you know, getting onto virtual platform trying to learn or take initiatives on their own so we thought it could be very interesting to discuss about this so so i'll yeah before like i'll I'll straight away jump to uh like okay so what are you learning Nitish at present
1: oh my gosh Uh, yeah it's been fantastic i mean uh so i've been like over the past couple of years i've been a big user of uh, coursera uh, okay, and totally I've been doing great. online stuff, you know, on, a, on an ongoing basis. And so a bunch of different things. Anything that kind of piques my interest. Like, I think about a year or so ago, I did something on understanding ecology and, you know, how the ecosystems work in nature. And that was a topic of interest to me. So I did a course from the Museum of Natural History. Uh, I think they had something. Oh. On a course there. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty interesting. So I did that that was interesting and it I... was all
0: virtual or it was also with physical That point
1: no it was all virtual it was actually all virtual and pretty well done I mean uh, you know uh, so that was certainly one thing uh, and then I've been like doing other things as well uh, over the past six months I've been learning to play the guitar it's something mm-hmm. I always wanted to do you know and I tried uh, YouTube I tried all of that it didn't really work out for me and then I actually started getting into uh, sign-up to go to a guitar school, the New York City guitar school actually, and uh, I would go every weekend, so I've been doing that for the past six months. And then, uh, well, now with this current situation, uh, that's where things kind of changed, and it changed for the guitar school as well, and that's where they've really gone online completely, and it's all now virtual. And so we can talk more about that, but yeah. So I, I've been doing all kinds of different things, learning online. Uh, but in the last six months has really been uh, trying to learn the guitar. Uh, really. Okay.
0: So, so Nitish, I'll go back to the time when
1: uh, you
0: you said that uh, you couldn't find. Uh, you tried YouTube, you tried online platforms, but you couldn't really, uh, really, uh, you know, keep it through. Like you know, you couldn't really, it couldn't grip yeah. you. Those platforms. Yeah. Then you went to the uh, physical space yeah. where you, you learn. So, wh- what went wrong there, like, initially? What was it? It was the, was the content issue or,
1: yeah. Yeah, you know, I think there's a couple of things. I think online there's a lot of content, so that's for sure, right? If you go to YouTube and you search for guitar lessons, I mean, there's like thousands and thousands of videos and there's hundreds of people putting this content up, right? So, I mean, lot of content is there. So in that, I think the first thing is to fix first biggest issue I found was like, okay, which there's so many options now, which is good, which is not good. You know, I don't know, right? Uh, and then, right. So that was the first issue. Then when you would actually pick up a, a video and start to try to do it, you know, you, it, it's just not uh, easy. Something like guitar to kind of, at least I found it. I had no knowledge of the guitar at all, right? I didn't even okay. know the basics. Right? I didn't know what, what what strings were there on the guitar and, you know, what chords were. I, I really had no idea, right? So I struggled with kind of making any kind of real progress. And then, you know, I think one of the big parts of learning and keeping yourself motivated to learn is you need to have those small wins, right? Mm-hmm. Then, okay, today I learned something today now I got a little better right at least for adults I think it's required to kind of to keep yourself motivated you have to kind of make some progress right so that was hard to do with the YouTube right and so I would then eventually kind of give it up right and so I've been trying the YouTube thing and oh uh, by the way not just YouTube I even bought books right Mm -hmm. so I yes yes. books on guitar and they would come with CDs and all of that as well right so I even tried that but Again, I just found it that, you know, uh, it was just hard to do that. And I think it's hard to keep yourself accountable as well, uh, hold yourself accountable, because, you know, then there's no one to kind of tell you, oh, today you've got to do this practice, right? You're on your yeah. own, you know, it's up to you, right? So uh, I think what I found was that it, help, it helped me a lot to go to a place where there is a set uh timetable or set curriculum as an instructor and then now you're accountable right you know you're gonna learn this lesson today you know you're gonna have to come back next week you know you have to practice so that also I think was lacking online right so So is is it like the very nature of our human mind like that
0: how we tend to we tend to be lazy our mind doesn't want to always like uh, make an effort like uh, it has to be pushed like Mostly. Yeah, like, I, I
1: think, I don't know if it's true for everyone, it's definitely for me. <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I know, I mean, I, I there's so many different things I want to do. But then I, uh, you know, I think you have to be able to hold yourself accountable. And something like, especially like the guitar, which involves a lot of effort. I think that external kind of, okay, I have to go here. And I, by, by the way, I've paid the money now, right? I think that's another yeah. important part of it. Stuff that is free, Bhaskar? online, etc. It's free, right? So, when, when you've not invested anything, you don't yeah, yeah, care. You've not yeah, really... yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to
0: be invested yeah. into something.
1: Yeah. So, the other thing is with the physical school, you paid your fees now, right? And now, oh my gosh, you have to make sure you don't waste that money and you go, right? So, again, that's another thing. You've invested yourself into it. I think with online stuff, which is free, you're not even investing, right? So, then it's okay for you to give it up right it's easier for you to give it up
0: there there is also another aspect which i feel okay of course this is also important that you know we have been we have invested but there's also um this very act of going and being in that physical space seeing people and everything feels so natural like because our senses have been i think the digital medium somewhere lacks that like it cannot uh,
1: yeah uh, oh yeah absolutely i would agree with you completely i mean for me, the act of every weekend kind of, you know, uh, it was something to look forward to, right? Like, I would go and, like, I would, you know, get get ready, you know, take my book with me and, you know, and uh, catch a train, go, go to the guitar school there, you know, you'd meet your instructor, you'd meet your other, you know, other students as well. You guys could, you know, chit-chat about stuff. Hey, did you practice? Did you not practice? What worked for you? What did not work for you? I mean, that kind of exchange, right? Like, okay, you know, oh, I didn't find time to practice. And, uh, you know, how do you find the time, etc. So I think all of that exchange doesn't happen in the virtual world, right? So in the physical world, you can kind of see people, you build that connection, you build that relationship, and you can exchange experiences with each other, right? Even the instructor, right? You can talk beyond just the, the subject, right? So for example, my instructor, fabulous instructor, right, he plays in a band, so he he would tell us about those experiences and, you know, he would invite us to, you know, gigs where he was playing and, you know, and that's also part of learning, right? So, I mean, it's just, uh, I think those are parts that I'm certainly missing in a virtual setting, right, where you kind of, in a classroom. You're sitting you're kind of observing also the body language you're observing a lot of guitar. Is by the way you know you have to look at people's hands and you know you have to look at all of that stuff which is kind of hard to do in virtual right in the virtual space so i think those are the you know certainly the pluses of being in a physical setting
0: mm-hmm. yeah i remember similar experience but in completely different uh, setting it, it's more like going to a gym so uh, like I could have had such amazing apps already but then I, I think I was always going to the gym just to meet the instructor and uh, the instructor was so good that he knew me and then he could, uh, he understood like how I, I have been progressing and and then he would always push me. He knows my limit where I'm gonna, you know, start slacking at yeah, what, at yeah, what oh, point. Yeah. yeah so just uh, just parallels like it's
1: but then yeah agree i think you know that, that's a great parallel like the gym as well people who sign up for personal instructors they, that's again just a means of being held accountable right now the personal instructor is expecting you you set a time so now there's a time you got to go to the gym and the gym, the instructor is gonna you know help you along they push you right as well uh so again i think that's a very important part of You know, learning, right, is that you have somebody who's your instructor, you have a set time, there's there's a set rhythm and a ritual around it, right, otherwise now if it's a free, like I, you know suppose I have a gym membership but I don't have an instructor, now it's again up to me right, if I go, I don't go today, I don't feel like going I won't go, right, so I think that's a big... uh, No,
0: what I felt was if there is no gym, I'm fine, like you know, just the instructor, on ground he could be like, that could be a new opportunity.
1: Absolutely. So here's a good example of this. Right? Um, so right now, in the past two, three years, uh, there's this uh, lot of these virtual kind of classes that have come up and especially with cycling, uh, mm-hmm. spinning as it's called, right? Um, and there's a big company right now that's doing really well. Uh, all they do is basically they've hooked up a large screen up to a, a bicycle machine And they offer live classes and you pay a certain monthly fee. You pay, of course you invested in the cycle. So you pay like $2,000 or something for the cycle, I think. And then you're paying this monthly, I don't know, 20, 30, $40 a month. So again, I think if you step back and look at the common threads over here, A, you're invested, right? You made the upfront investment of buying some equipment. Now you're paying your ongoing kind of thing, right? On a monthly basis. Plus. Now you have these classes which, again, you're being held accountable because there's a, it's a live class. There's an instructor and plus, you know, they also have like a, like a leaderboard, right? Where are you in conjunction to all the 10 other people who are taking a class? Are you number 10 or are you number 5? So they're adding the dimension of competitiveness also. So, okay. again, it's, it's virtual, kind of virtual. You're in your home, but there is a live instructor to your point.
0: But Nitish, that was that happened after it uh, gripped you for a while. You you already were started to enjoy it, and it became a habit also to work towards it, right? So then, then maybe so maybe the digital might help uh, post uh, like you know the experiences of you know in in real world experiences. Like
1: uh, yeah, I think you know uh, yeah people who you're right. I think. It certainly makes it easier to transition to digital right now for example right now this is a perfect example of what's happening in in this corona situation that we are in right my guitar school right I used to go to the physical guitar school and then you know uh, when they announced that we're going to go virtual I was like a little apprehensive to be honest with you like will it be the same how are we going to teach you know should I ask for a refund of my fees etc. But then I did the digital uh, thing, we use Zoom, and it worked really well. Now, if I had not gone to the school physically before, I don't think I may have signed up for this, right? Okay. So I think it certainly does help that you've gone through the physical experience of learning and now you want to continue it and digital then kind of is a good medium. And by the way, that's also happening all around with all the students all over the world, right? Students who used to go to school, now they're forced to... They can't go to school because of the situation. Everyone's moved to video, right? University students are now all doing their classes remotely, right? So, you know, uh, I think they've built a relationship with their lecturers and their teachers. And now they're kind of doing it...
0: um, I think the whole present situation has also... It's like a shock therapy, (laughs) For everyone in the world, like it, it is like sort of also, also telling them be prepared for the future, like you know, which is like why aren't you already doing these things? Like there is so much of advantage with digital mediums, also, like uh, for example, like just for learning, as far, as you said about uh, uh, for schools, like there are there's so many issues, like you know, the quality of teachers, the uh, content which they're learning in class. Of course, the physical interaction and you know having that college experience with your colleagues and, and that is also very important. Like you know mm-hmm. that experience itself. So, but then if I if I say look back to my experiences in, uh, when I was student, mm-hmm. I I I only felt that only thirty to forty percent of really the classes which I was uh, you know receiving were something that I enjoyed. And uh, but then I did enjoy the the ambience and the environment
1: Uh, I mean I think that is important right I think you can't take that away from the whole aspect of you know being in a situation or a setting and seeing you know I think the setting definitely adds to the whole experience of learning right Uh, you know being in a quiet setting which is like a, a university you know there's a lot of history there it's designed for learning, right? So, that space is quiet, it's it's serene, it's calm. You know, if you're trying to do the same thing in your home, where you've got like five other people at home, it's not the same thing, right? So, uh, I think that that the space also has to be designed for learning, right? So, I think... Yeah, but,
0: but I was also coming to a point that uh, 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 I think digital can add a lot of value there, which is... Which the problems which which the systems are facing like for example uh, there can be best classes about a specific subject which could be recorded and made available to everyone yeah so when that teacher is not you know if even if you don't have the best instructor you always have everybody has access to that so
1: yeah you know so that does exist today right and I think we, it already existed before we got into this corona situation right uh, like for years now, universities like Yale and MIT and Stanford, they've been putting all their content online free. Most of it is free actually. But the question with all that content still being there and Coursera as well, right? Coursera offers almost all their courses for free, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, With all of that being said, still people don't access it, right? Um, So what is the reason for that, right? I think we have to think about that as well. So I think online offers a lot of value, but I think the motivation to learn, that's something I don't think can come from external sources. I think you have to have, if you have the desire, I think you will find any way to learn, right? You will open up a book, you will open up a, you know, a video. I think the desire to learn is the most important thing, right? but no. that
0: is also built up right like maybe you you have been trained to uh, you know enable that desire like all this or you have you have learned your way to really curate it i don't see like a, a somebody who is very novice, suddenly like he doesn't know okay what is right and what is wrong for him so that's why the platforms which are all open like youtube and tiktok and like they do have a lot of content to learn also like some of them are very good also but many of them are not filtered through. So there is some sort of filtration that, that mm-hmm. happens in, in exactly. institutions.
1: So yeah. I, think, I think for stuff which is like where the person is a novice, plus the motivation isn't there, right? I think mm-hmm. in that case online, I think is not a good medium, right? I think where the person is a novice, but there's high motivation, I think, yes, then online can be a good medium I think also where the person is an expert or not an expert but maybe somebody like you know like us who's been working for a while now you want to enhance your skill right so you're again motivated to learn something right then I think online is a good uh, mechanism I think that motivation is a very important aspect of learning right which I think uh, regardless of whether you're online I think in the online world, it becomes even more important that you're more motivated, right? Because guess what? Uh, you could be in a live class, but you know, you could be chatting with your friends, right? <laughs> so I'm sure right now, a lot of teachers are facing difficulties where their students they don't know what the students are doing, right? Are they listening? Are yeah. they not? <laughs> so I think in Some the... Some of the on-
0: friends who are into teaching, they have been telling me a lot of stories like somebody starts yeah. to play music and things like that. So...
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, if if it was hard, imagine in the classroom it was hard, right, for students to pay attention. Now, if they are virtual, I mean, and they have their phones with them, my God, it's like how are you going to you know, like ensure that they're paying attention? And they are
0: much much smarter than the
1: teacher,
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> like at least psychologically. So I mean,
1: yeah, so that those are for some those are some of the reasons. Again, we'll have to see how this evolves after things go back to normal, but I think those are some of the reasons why being in a physical setting does reduce some of those distractions, right? Because now you're kind of, okay, you know, you can't look at your phone openly or, you know, you're forced to be cut off from all those other entertainment sources, right? So I think there is a role for being in a physical space. Um
0: okay I'll, I'll tell you another experience where i actually enjoy uh the virtual part like the same like the gym experience mm. i've already told you so i started to use these apps nike run and nike training yeah, yeah. so so if you if you happen to uh, the whole experience of okay, the nike run has been nike run i, start, I have used more of nike training has really not gripped me though it's very well designed. But yeah, the day or point would definitely come. But Nike Run definitely like it has. Uh, so it is like all audio based uh, coach coaching, and uh, the app is using your accelerometer data to really track your speed and your your tracks. And oh. and then the moment say while running you stop suddenly the it would pause and your trainer would start come talking to you. And, yeah. the trainers, and the trainers who are there, the voices, some of them are like uh, all Olympic runners and some of them are like that. So, that was just wow, just blew me off. Like, you know, so I would never love to run on treadmill again. Like, I would always like to use something like that. Like,
1: yeah, you know, I, I think, yeah, what you're describing there, I think is now the role of, you've added a sensor into the equation, right? Yeah. And now, I think that sensor is compensating for the fact that there's no physical coach with you, right? The sensor can now give some data back where now you can kind of evaluate okay, you know, maybe you need to do this differently with your running, right? Uh, Or maybe, you know, if you're playing golf, trying to learn golf, right? Your swing, right? If there's a sensor on your club, are you swinging it in the right way? Now that data can go back to a coach somewhere, and the coach can look at that data and say, you know what, I think you should elevate your swing a little by you know so and so forth right by four degrees or whatever so i think that what you're describing there's a very interesting thing about having sensors. i think for this kind of virtual learning if you can introduce some physical element into it like a sensor i think you can again now compensate for the lack of not having that real coach right so let me give you an example from the guitar world as well so i've recently uh, ordered a, a a guitar amplifier which allows me to plug my acoustic guitar into it. But then, it's not just an ordinary amplifier, Vaskar. It also allows me to choose any song, any song from in the world. And I can, this amplifier has an app, it's it's a smart amplifier, so it's got an app. So I can choose any song from the world, from YouTube, from Spotify, wherever, and it'll start playing it. And then the app actually analyzes the song and allows me to see what chords are on that song and I can along with it. Yeah. Yeah. So now, again, what an instructor would do, right, would say, hey, you know, this song has these four chords. The app is now helping me with that, right? So again, now a physical kind of element to the experience is kind of driving the learning, right? So I think what you described there with the Nike thing, I think is a very important Part of this, I think, can be an important part of this learning experience.
0: Mm-hmm. No, there is there's also one more point which you were talking about, is that why people aren't really, you know, why are they so particular about physical? What What is it that? I was just thinking that, is it is it about, like, uh, certification and the value of it already existing in society? Or is it about employment, like, post-education? So, those are the
1: factors. No, I think, yeah, that's a good good point. I think that's certainly a valid point. You know, if you... Because, some... a lot of people are also doing digital
0: courses and I don't know how much of... Say, if you come across a profile with a really great track record of courses on Coursera and other places and maybe great portfolio for, for the area you're into... Uh, I don't know. You would, you, you still would have hesitation, right? Like if your standards are too high from a premium school or something like that.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think that does exist. This negative perception of online sort of, you know, like degrees, etc. Uh, it does exist. I think I, I completely agree with you. I mean, which is, which yeah. is which could be a problem with the society's understanding rather oh, yeah. than I think you're individual. Right. I mean, I think, and again, it's a transition, right? I think we're going through a transition right now where earlier to kind of, you know, to learn, you had to go to a place and you had okay. to be a physical place. And then depending on which place you went to, you there was some credibility associated with that place, uh, right? Because, oh, I went to Harvard or I went to Stanford or I went to here or there, right? There's a credibility associated to that place. And now because you went there, there was certain... You know, uh, perception that was created. I think now we're moving away from that slowly. I think a lot of big companies are now they don't care where you've got your degree or your learning from. I think they try to see we have the skills that are required, right? Yeah,
0: so, especially the ones I've seen which are very new age and you know want to really move yeah,
1: forward, like, etc. I don't think they now care about that sort of thing anymore. Um, I think it's all about. Can you do the job, right? And evaluating for that. So I think it's it's a transition, but it's a slow transition. I think, you know, that still does exist. And I think the biggest proof of this transition, Bhaskar, is that you know all these schools, these fancy schools, they're all now trying to do online. Mm-hmm. Because they know that that's the future, right? Um, and so I think that's more and more that's happening. Uh, so I think it will happen another... And this sort of thing that we're going through right now, this COVID situation, is going to accelerate it. But I think in the next five years or so, you'll see more and more people saying, hey, why do I need to go to spend time and money to go to this place?
0: (laughs) I I had an experience of talking to someone who was actually, actually Harvard Education. So, when I was working in a company, in an asset management company, and then, They were also thinking about specific points, so they invited him for a talk and with the team. So he was the one who did that, and and then we happened to pose questions to him. That uh, since uh, the company was also uh, about managing assets, it was a mutual fund company. Like Mm. in India, they call it mutual fund. So, um, so yeah. So so they were thinking: should they be selling their only their own funds, or should they become like a platform which curates? Everybody's funds. Mm-hmm. So and then the same question they posed to this person. So uh, he was uh, like, should Harvard be, you know, uh, trying to curate all great contents from all schools, or should it only be like you know focused on their own thing? Which I think Harvard education is quite a premiumly priced and it is aimed at executives in corporate world. So and content is also quite decent. Like I happen to. Um, uh had a glimpse
1: about like few courses there so yeah right I think that's a great question by the way right like in the future and I think this goes into the future of learning right the platform used to be a university right like a uh, Harvard or uh, MIT or uh, you know IIT or IIM or whatever right that's a what are they actually if you think about it, if you step back Bhaskar what are they really? They're curators, right? They curators, and yeah. what are the curators of? They have these professors. They have, they over a period of time, they've curated curriculum, and now they're teaching, right? Now, yes. leave that for a moment, and we look at Coursera. What is Coursera exactly. doing? Coursera's is curating. Same. We are curating only. They yeah. are curating it. They say, hey, we are not tied to any one institution. We are curating content from across the spectrum, right? So, uh, Coursera has content from any university in the world they can find it from, right? So, they can actually say, hey, you know, if you want to study economics, here's three courses and you can see which learners have had the best best experience with which ones and you can choose it on your own. So, you're I can do study economics from Yale or I can study, now I can do that as one course and I can do the other course from digital marketing. I can go to the University of Chicago and take a course from there. I'm no longer restricted, right? By being in a physical space. So I can have the best of all, right? So I think that truly is the future of uh, learning, right? Where, And I think that's what Coursera and Skillshare and, you know, what have you, Udemy, etc. They're all doing that, right? They're curating the best content from everywhere.
0: Mm-hmm. But de- but definitely it will pose uh, this uh, challenge of certification like and the value which we perceive of it. Uh, well, no, no, no,
1: but, but they actually do offer certification right so if I do that uh, course on from Yale on Coursera I can get a certification for that and I can get a certification from you know University of Chicago if I'm doing digital so they do offer the certification as well I think the certification as I, as I think the other point we just spoke of is mattering less and less right to mm-hmm. people I think what do you know and what you can do, right? It's not where you went and I think that's slowly kind of becoming relevant, I think. At least for some of the the more cutting-edge companies. Mm.
0: I remember, like, you know, the moment when you're saying this, I remember IDEO doing an initiative, like Open IDEO. So they designed this. Uh, they have, they pose a lot of social problems. And, yeah. and then, uh, there is a huge community around OpenIDO and they have also integrated tools like mind maps and entity relation diagrams and the yeah. other, other tools which people can use and collaborate and, you know, solve, like, say, for example, water prices or issues like maybe this pandemic and things like that. So, yeah. how to resolve, how to think about that. So, discussions and thinking going around. And then I, I know that uh, they hire from uh, those uh it's people like you know those groups uh, so the say so for example if i would uh, somebody wants to work in idio this could yeah. be a very good way to go about it like start engaging with them through open idea and uh, really uh prove <laughs> the word so there they are not even bothered whether uh, you have an education or you're not if you're worthwhile so there can be such platforms like you know for a lot of corporations also like yeah you know, they can, I mean, I-
1: I mean, like Bhaskar, if you think about it, like what you described over there, if you think about it, what companies have been doing with internship programs for years, what is that? It's basically the intern is coming in and is learning, right? And is immersed into a project and you're learning. And now at the end of the internship, you know, things work out, you, you've seen the talent, you can now hire the person, right? So, I think they're just doing the same thing, but they're doing it using digital tools. You don't actually have to physically go to IDEO. There's no, you know, you're not called an intern. In fact, you're paying. On the other side, you're actually paying IDEO to learn. And then IDEO, you know, or whoever, if they like, you know, what you're doing, they may say, hey, you know, are you interested in a job with IDEO, right? So I think this has been going on. I I think we've been talking a lot about the current situation. I think it's useful for us to look at the past as well, right? So the past, a lot of these things have already existed in different forms, right? Like internships have existed, trade mm-hmm. schools have existed, right? I think in some ways we're going back to... What is these trade schools? Right. Like trade schools are people where they, you know, it's not about a degree or anything. You go to learn a trade, right? You go to learn to become an electrician or you go to learn a specific okay. school, right? You know, what like... Techniques like, huh? Yeah, exactly, like a very selectable skill, a very marketable skill, like, okay, I want to become an electrician, so I go and learn a trade, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think if you look at things like Skillshare and other things today, what are people learning on those things, very specific skills, I need to learn how to build a website, I need to learn how to program in Python, I think in some respects, people are now creating their own education, and i think that's a big big shift i think that we're seeing you don't have to be stuck in a university and know oh my university doesn't offer this thing so i can't learn it right you could learn anything from anywhere now
0: yeah that's a really interesting idea creating your own education so yeah, I, I imagine like if i could just if i could have been in that world where i could just have a card and i could swipe and go to uh, best of the places where i can take best of their classes based on my interest areas and such diverse experience I could have. And, and, and especially like even in, in, if you look at it in terms of uh, like the amount of spending that people are, are doing for education, I think it something can be worked upon there. But, but yeah, just the mere scale and the feasibility of it poses a lot of new challenges also.
1: It, it does, it does. I mean, I, I don't know what's the right age for that. I mean, like, for example, would you say people, children who are like five years old, they can choose their own education? Are they in a position to kind of know what to explore? So I think all those are open questions, right? Like, at what age does this kind of become relevant versus very... So do you... Again,
0: again, very interesting. You talk about age. Now we have spoken about uh, uh, like education and for, you know, as a breadwinning, like, you know, giving your job and all. But then learning is much, much beyond that also. Like, how about lifelong learning? Like, do you come across people commonly. In, like you meet on daily basis who are excited about this area that they want to keep learning till the time they are getting old, or you find it very rarely. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I think there are there are a mix of people, right? There's some people who you know they have no interest in learning, right? Uh, you know, that's okay uh you know they've done their share of learning right oh, who wants to learn more right I'm, I'm done with my books and i'm done with my you know <laughs> uh, uh, but i think there's some people who are curious and they want to learn something uh they see they feel you know achievement in learning and so they they want to do that but some people just don't know how to go about doing it uh that's also there so I think there's a mix of people. Again, it depends on... Mot- i come back to the thing, right? I think we've got to think about what motivates people at mm-hmm. the end of the day, right? I think that's what this kind of boils down to. If you're motivated to learn something, you'll find ways of doing it, right? Oh,
0: okay. Hmm.
1: And I, yeah, I just, doesn't to be, it doesn't have to be... Sorry, to your earlier point, it doesn't have to be about monetary kind of learning. Like, uh, oh, if I learn this, I'm going to be able to you know get a better job or whatever it could be learning for the sake of learning right like you want to learn how to paint or you want to learn how to play an instrument or learn a new language or whatever right so i think the motivation could be different reasons but i think the motivation needs to exist right
0: so your motivation to play guitar not to learn guitar but motivation to play guitar yeah I so mean, I'm a, I'm a
1: motivation. I mean, <laughs> so I don't know, since I was a kid. I mean, I think part of it has to do with my younger my brother. He plays the okay. guitar really well. And uh, it's always a cool thing, you know, I wanted to be cool by playing the guitar. I never really learned to play any instrument. So part of it was, hey, I would like to do that, right? You know, in my life, I would like to learn how to play an instrument. Um, so that was certainly one strong reason uh, also, part of it is like challenging yourself. Can you re- really even do it? Right? Right? And awesome. that part of it as well, like, okay, can I do it? Can I actually learn how to do something new? Right? Uh, so, part of oh, it was it's just, that. It's just, it's so cool, right? So, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and of course, the cooling factor is, of course, certainly there, right? Playing an instrument it's very relaxing. It's like, you know, you can sing songs and you can. You know, in fact, in this, uh, this, these few weeks that we've been in this kind of quarantine situation, the guitar has been great kind of uh, help to me because I've been able to pick it up whenever I feel like, you know, practice, learn some new songs. It's just been, it's it's a great source of kind of um, learning and, you know, it kind of entertains you.
0: <laughs> yeah, you do get those
1: happy chemicals in your brain,
0: now Once you yeah. have... Successfully learn something. I I was feeling that like I was feeling a sense you of achievement. Like Tomorrow,
1: right? You've been trying to.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to learn. Half just started actually. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, but then the the moment I was able to just uh, start to think in, and then uh, I have been so passionate about music. Uh, and mostly I've been on the other side, just consuming it, not on the. I I yeah. used to play synthesizer little, very very little, but. Uh, but, but I do want to, like, you know, uh, carry it on and then, you know, uh, maybe uh, yeah, at whatever level I could reach. I, I do want to be on the other side also where I will start creating content also and yeah, be part of the bands or things like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, now with, again, this is where the virtual kind of stuff becomes really very uh, relevant because you know, like, we're like sitting in two different countries, but if we wanted to collaborate on music, now the tools exist where we can actually record a track in a physical place, right? I could record some guitar kind of uh, pieces of the track. You could record some synthesizer or, you know, tremolo pieces. Yeah, of the
0: kind, kind of innovation which has happened in this whole electronic music it is mind-blowing, really.
1: I mean, again, virtual is no longer a limitation for collaborating on certain things now right so, i mean that's again i think one of the big things about virtual it allows those kinds of things
0: mm. cool so uh one more thing like i just came across this interesting research like so since you we were talking about lifelong learning so <laughs> i came across the work of this professor at mit called so he he has also written a book on lifelong kindergarten i think name of his book hmm. so he talks about a very interesting point that that when you are early into your uh, when when you are early into your learning process you have this kindergarten kind of environment where things are tactile and then uh they are different they are very experiential but then suddenly after that everything becomes very formal one you know top down kind of uh Method so, uh, so he was trying to uh, you know have the element of uh, fun come into learning, and I think uh, with with passion and fun the whatever the music uh, the kind of things that you are talk- we are talking about right now that is so strong there, but it's somewhere it's missing in 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 other areas like uh, of especially education and higher education. Higher education. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, the element of fun has to be part of part of learning, right? If, if there's no fun in learning, then I think I, I, if people have more fun while they're learning, I think the learning is. I don't know. And there's probably some research that suggests that. I don't no idea, but I'm, I, at least personally, I can say that when I have more fun learning something, the learning is better, right? It, it kind of registers better with me. I understand the concepts better, right? If it's boring, it's dull. You know, it's just. And it becomes like, feels like a a pain, right? So I think there's a lot of making it fun. So I think if we're talking about virtual experiences or physical experiences, I certainly think the physical experiences have allowed us to have more fun, right? Like you described the kindergarten situation, Mm -hmm. the classroom, you know, so experiential. Like in a home, how would you do that, right? Like how would parents make sure that their kids? when they're at home and they're doing a whole live class with their teacher, how would they make it as experiential as being in a kindergarten classroom? I think those are very important points to think about, right? How will the space, the space offers some value, right? How will that be created or recreated? Yeah,
0: yeah it's a good point to ponder over. But but then we also discussed that how uh, even the virtual world, has given some, some very interesting solutions like Nike Run or this whole electronic music uh, thing, like kind of collaborations. I, I see those videos on YouTube where people from all different parts of the world are playing and composing a specific track on on instruments which are so like uh, from companies like Teenage Engineering, which are very, very, very Absolutely. interesting.
1: I mean, this is where also uh, virtual reality and mixed reality and augmented reality kind of come in, Right. I mean, you put on a virtual reality headset and now you're doesn't matter which environment you are and if I'm in my living room, if I put on a VR headset, I can suddenly now feel like if I'm in, you know, wherever. I'm in a stadium or I'm whatever, right? So I think those are other things that certainly can be quite useful in these kinds of situations.
0: Yeah, which again poses another further set of challenges <laughs> they themselves have. Like The concept of fatigue with VR, it, it's like, you cannot exactly, put it more
1: than... Exactly. So I think, I don't know. I mean, I, physic- I feel that you can't completely go virtual. I think there has to be that. I think as humans, as we evolved as a species, our biomechanics, the way we interact, the way we see, we smell, we touch, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's equally important to learning than just kind of listening to what a lecturer has to say right i think that aspect i don't know i think we cannot recreate all of that right so i think for children right children i think still have to experience those real things i I don't think i would ever say kindergarten start doing virtual classrooms for kindergarten kids right Uh, Mm. i think i think if we did that i think they would miss out on a lot of very valuable experiences (laughs) of fighting Uh, fighting with another kid right (laughs) I think the social aspects of learning which we have not spoken of actually in our conversation is the relationship building right like when you're in a school like I go back to my school days right I had some friends some people I didn't get along with, you know, and you can learn those aspects also, right? It's not just about the education, yes, also yes. about relationships and making yeah. friends, that, right? So, what about those things? How will we compensate for those things if we're not in a in a in a physical setting, right? So I think I because... think
0: as far as to be very honest with you, I don't specifically remember my classes, but I do remember all all the other things beyond <laughs> the classes. Right. Is, then, exactly,
1: right, exactly I mean, even I, I don't remember the lessons But I remember the people, I remember the teachers mm-hmm. So, I mean this, what, what, Yeah, that's that's a great insight, right? Like, yeah. I don't remember when I was punished so, Or when I was appreciated
0: Yeah, <laughs> All exactly
1: yeah, Exactly, and then being in that situation feeling, feeling tense when you're in an exam Feeling tense when the teacher you know Points at you and asks you a question or feeling very nice when you answered something, right? And, you you know, the other kids clapping or... I think those are things which... I think there are innumerable, such intangible things which are very... Maybe even more important than what we actually learned. Mm-hmm. More than the curriculum. Because maybe I don't even remember those history lessons and all of those things that we went through, right? But you certainly... These other things have left a very important mark on us. Mm-hmm.
0: Great, great. So, I think, I think, uh, mostly we had good conversation. I think uh, we can conclude maybe, you know, I think the concept of motivation that you spoke about is very interesting for some, like the, I think maybe the platform which can enable this motivation factor with people. I i have seen uh, companies like Baiju, they have uh, misused it, like, you know, they have, and then... Uh, I'm not sure whether they misuse it or not, but then I really don't see a difference with kids like, you know, when using their platforms, but, but definitely some, uh, someone who could enable that, it's already happening um, in different spaces, maybe into uh, music
1: or maybe into. Yeah, uh, how much you can enable motivation, right? I think motivation comes from within, right? I think that's the true motivation. And I think, you know, if someone is not interested in learning, then the question, Bhaskar, should be, why should we even force them to learn, right? Mm. I mean, it's not about that, right? I think it's about if there's somebody who's truly motivated to learn, how can you remove the constraints of, you know, not being in a particular place and how can you enable the best for... possible learning for them. Right? Yeah, so, there, is,
0: there is a very interesting experiment I just remember this WeWork school uh, uh, the WeWork co-working space. Were, spaces were there and they were WeWork Live. So they had somewhere thought about this concept that okay, the environment uh, to be given to other entrepreneurs maybe who are coming and wanting to grow okay, in terms of getting inspired by others so there is a sense of motivation and then they also did a small uh, I think only one school but definitely the projects have not kicked up like it is, it was not uh, um, I think their business model in terms of their profits and things uh, is not into place so they are suffering from that and we, we don't know what the future holds for them but yeah So it was an interesting experiment yeah,
1: I, I think this is, again if you look at all the population of people who are learners potential learners right I think there are the set of people who are motivated to learn and then the set of people who are somewhat motivated to learn and then there are some people who are not motivated to learn at all, right? I think the people who are not motivated to learn, whether you put them in a physical classroom, whether you put them in a virtual classroom, I think the chances of them learning are very low anyway, right? So <laughs> sure. I think that, <laughs> so making them motivated is a different problem, which I think mm-hmm. that's a conversation in itself right maybe that's another (laughs) episode Sure. (laughs) Uh, Sure. i think you know yeah i think that's a different uh why are they not motivated i think that's a different yeah
0: Yeah, then then there could be other issues like you know you'll get into maybe how they're. i don't know i don't know what like uh, maybe you get into dna (laughs) or (laughs)
1: something no i have no idea (laughs) that's a different uh, ball game yeah
0: yeah <laughs> great so good fun Nitish I think we'll have happy chemicals in our brain for <laughs> so, yeah, this
1: yeah it was great by the way this was a great learning experience as well right we learned how to do this is our first podcast so you know thanks for setting it up Bhaskar I think it's a good experience to learn how to do this
0: yeah sure for me also hopefully you know push it and improvise it like with time
1: yeah absolutely
0: thank you so much